Companies all over the globe are developing and molding their own give back models. My name is Christine Petrella, and I'm fortunate enough to host a podcast where I can speak with these companies and help us all learn the unique ways that companies big and small are doing good things in their communities and giving back to so many important causes. Today's guest is Dr. Lonnie Green. He's the medical director at Rejuvenate MD, which is a wellness and med spa in Richmond, Virginia. Dr. Green has been a practicing surgeon in Richmond for over 20 years with an undergrad degree from Stanford and a medical degree from UCLA School of Medicine. Here today, he's gonna talk about his medical journey and the dedication that him and his all-star team has for giving back to their community. Dr. Green, I am very happy to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I did find you through, I think it was Richmond's Magazine, uh, the annual Top Docs. And I always read that magazine. I get a lot from it. And I, I think it mentioned that you were 11 times nominated by your peers for this. So I wanted to reach out. I started following you on social media. And that's when I saw your awesome team. I saw all the great work you do and you guys give back. So thank you so much for everything you've done. But if you don't mind, let's start a little bit with your medical journey and where this all began. Wow. How much time do you have? <laughs> hey, let's keep going. <laughs> my medical journey is a bit interesting because I'm actually doing what I'm doing by accident. My medical journey is that I went to medical school at UCLA after leaving Stanford. And I was very intrigued by surgery and knew I, I just had to do something surgical. And I chose to do urology, a surgical specialty dealing with kidneys, bladder and stuff. And then I had some advanced training. I, was, I had some great education at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston through the Harvard Urology Program. And then I had some advanced training in female urology, landed here in Richmond. And at the time, the things that were being done in female urology were a little not not quite as advanced as some of the things I had been fortunate enough to learn. So I quickly got a reputation for that. So I actually spent the next couple of decades as a female urologist, meaning helping women who suffered with bladder problems, first in a urology practice and then in an OBGYN practice. Through the years, I got older, my patients got a little older, and the, the menopause was going through with a lot of my patients. And I'm a really big believer in complementary and alternative medicine. I, I think that Western medicine is great, but I also think that Eastern medicine and, and non-traditional medicine is, has a role. And so my patients knew that, and I was getting a lot of requests because I, I'm a believer in helping women who are going through menopause with bioidentical hormones. So I ended up making a presentation to all the OBGYNs in the practice. I was the only urologist, a little bit like going into the lion's den, but I, I was giving them all the data on why hormone replacement can be done safely. You know, the, the background is there was a, a study done called the Women's Health Initiative, and they looked at women getting hormone replacement, and they actually stopped the study early. It made headline news because there was an increased risk of breast cancer and stroke in patients getting hormone replacement. So hormone replacement became the devil. But if you look at that study critically, it was done with something called Premarin and Provera. Have you, I don't know if you have, have you ever heard of Premarin? I have not. Okay. You're young, but most folks who are a little more mature would have heard of Premarin. Premarin is a hormone given to women's even to this day. And the reason it's called Premarin is because it is literally made from the urine of pregnant mares. So female horses that are pregnant. So you're taking another species hormones. Now there's 17 different estrogenic compounds in Premarin, but none of them are native to the human body. So you're giving humans 
hormones from a different species that are not native to their body. So that's not a really good idea. And then the other part was Provera, which is the progesterone. Again, not the same molecule as your body makes. And when you take Provera and you put it in a bunch of a culture dish with breast cells in it, the breast cells start to multiply. Probably not a good idea. So the whole issue of helping women with menopause was thrown out, but the stuff they were using was terrible stuff. They never should have, my opinion, my humble opinion, but it's a patented drug. And you contrast that with the European experience. There's a study called the E3N by Fournier et al. And they had something like 53,000 women on hormone replacement, but it was natural. And, and bioidentical is just a very fancy, sexy word for your own hormones. It, it just means, you know, Christine, what's your estrogen? We're going to give you the same estrogen. What's your progesterone? We'll give it molecule for molecule. So in the European study, there was no increased risk of breast cancer. There was no increased risk of stroke. And in fact, it was cardioprotective, less heart attacks. And there's a lot of literature about that. And so I, I became pretty intrigued by this because I knew women were suffering and they would literally come to me and say, hey, my doctor will not give me this hormone replacement. We heard you're open to this. So I, I made the presentation to my partners, but they didn't go for it. They go by the guidelines of the American College of OBGYN. They just said no, even though I showed the data. So undaunted. I'm unencumbered by the thought process sometimes. So undaunted, I just started doing it in the practice, which meant I had a compounding pharmacist in California because it's very individualized. So after work, I would get on the phone with her because it was still work hours there. And anyway, long story short, it was really labor intensive and cumbersome. And I, I was getting killed with what it took me to do. And I think my partners were not too crazy about it. So I, I ended up my nurse at the time had been with me for years, agreed. So we, we opened a place where she was there five days a week. I was there one day a week because there really was a huge demand. And I was, I was interested in trying to help these women because I, it was life-changing. Same thing, I also got into helping men because I suffered from low T myself and I saw amazing change. Um, again, very, very safe way to do it. So, But I had a vision that it wouldn't just be hormone replacement. And then someone told me at one of the conferences that, if I only do a hormone replacement, we probably would not survive. It's not a big enough market. So, okay. And they suggested doing medically supervised weight loss. And I, I come from a family where we struggle with weight. I was heavy, young, and it is a big issue for me and my family growing up. And so basically I learned that too. I went, I went to the meetings and I learned that. So we opened Rejuvenate. I loved the balance and I, I loved urology. I loved doing this. And then we had someone come into the practice who had done aesthetics, who was a nurse for a plastic surgeon. So she started doing aesthetics and I realized my license was over her. So I literally found a training at the last minute because I was supposed to be an expert witness that got canceled. I went to the American Academy of Facial Aesthetics. I've actually done a podcast for them. And my only intention was to have my license be over this person. No intention of getting into aesthetics. I didn't even know what Botox in the face did, no idea. So in the morning, we were, it was mainly run by dentists. I was working on a dentist with a dentist from Ohio. In the morning, we did Botox on each other. Botox, you don't see the results immediately. So it, it was fun to do, but, it, but in the afternoon, so I did the filler first. So I worked on her. And when I looked up and saw what I had done with my hands, I mean, I took 10 years off her and it was, I was astounded. But the light bulb had not gone off yet because then she did mine. And when I looked in the mirror, and I saw the transformation, that's when the light bulb went. I'm like, okay, I get why people do this now. Like, I get this. 
So here I was being able, I'm a surgeon. So the chance to work with my hands and do this, I mean, and I, luckily I didn't, I didn't look into how hard it is to become an injector. I just started, you know, getting training and training. And, and I've been very, very fortunate to be at trainings with some of what I consider the, the best in the world and meeting injector friends. So it just, and, and I mean, I was doing this two days a week at Rejuvenate and my good friend, Richard Bloom, who was my intern many years ago in Australia, we were together in Australia and we, he came for a conference and we were hiking and he said, dude, you've got to stop it. You've got to go do this full time. I said, Richard, I, uh, I have a family to support. And Jade, my PA, had told me if I just started posting my pictures, I would get busier. So I made the leap, you know, and that's how I'm here. That's how I'm here. I started posting my results and came here five days a week. When did you make that leap? What year did you start Rejuvenate? I started Rejuvenate July 15th of 2015. And it was a long four years, I got to tell you, of being in the red. Uh, it took a lot of faith. I am now on my one-year anniversary. I only started doing this full-time a year ago. So yeah, it's really, it's come a long way. And of course, started that and then we went through COVID. So it was, it was challenging, but we, we got through. I have a great team and that's what makes us successful. How inspiring to make that leap with the family, not knowing what was going to happen. Then COVID hits. And you mentioned your team. I know your team is awesome. I've met them. I've seen them on social media. Can you talk a little bit about how the team might have gotten you through those COVID moments or that tough leap that you had to make? Oh my God, that's the only reason I'm here. My team is everything. They are the most amazing. I, I have a post about this on my inset. It said, the secret to my success is to surround yourself by really strong, intelligent women and just get the hell out of the way. <laughs> my personal life and my professional life, that is pretty much how I roll. Yeah. They are rock stars. I follow them as well. And I'm so inspired by all of you because you, who, who's a prankster? I feel like you guys have a prankster on the team. Uh, that would probably be me. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. You're the instigator. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a tendency to stir things up a little bit. Yeah. And how did you get the nickname Ninja Injector? Wow. So... My Instagram name was at Dr. Lonnie Green and we went to COVID. So I had to wear these masks and I have ears that protrude. So a couple of years ago, I had an otoplasty where they tacked the ears in. Okay. And when I was wearing these masks, they were constantly tugging on where I had the surgery and that was really annoying. So I, I got a surgeon's cap, a black surgeon's cap that came from figs. I love fig scrubs, but it was so hot and I sweat easily. So I had to find something that I could wear to keep my ears in but that wouldn't make me sweat. And I found a do-rag. So, so that started working. And then one of my patients, he called me Ninja Injector, gave me a t-shirt her husband had made. <laughs> and that day I just changed my Instagram. I was like, you know, sometimes you just got to lean into things, right? Oh, yeah. It's a good look. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, since then I've got like, so I have a Jeep, right? And uh, I love my Jeep. And I don't, there's this thing, you know, Jeep is like a culture, not just a car. It's a Jeep thing. Yep. <laughs> so one day I'm in the parking lot in Radco Doctors and there's a duck, a little rubber duck on my Jeep. You ever heard of this? Is that like a pay it forward type of thing, but only for Jeep owners? Of course, it's a Jeep thing. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's called Duck Duck Jeep, almost like Duck Duck. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what is this duck doing? And on, on the bottom it said, hashtag Duck Duck Jeep. So Anyway, so I started getting into that. And then, of course, there's all kinds of fun things like ninja duck duck. <laughs> I'm holding up a, ninja, a little rubber duck, but it's dressed as a ninja. I mean, it just gets really fun with this stuff, you know? Like I say, 
You got to lean into it. That is so great. So I'm going to get into this give back, but to understand the give back, I mean, you have to have the successful business, which you do have. So can you tell me a little bit about the specialties that you do at Rejuvenate MD? Sure. So we started out doing the hormone replacement and weight loss, and then we got into aesthetics. And as of January of this year, we we no longer do the hormone replacement and weight loss. Basically, I'm a very hands-on medical director and I I just could not manage everything. I felt like things were slipping through the cracks. So I wanted to be excellent. And if it's not 100% excellent, it's not going to be at Rejuvenate. So we we found other people. We said, we're not going to do that. I was able to refer my patients. So we do aesthetics. We do, for instance, I mean, Botox is very common because people start getting wrinkles in their skin. And kudos to the millennials because I think they're so smart. I hope I'm around in 20 years because you guys are going to be killing it. It's crazy. My patient average age now is, I mean, I, like if someone comes in in their mid-30s, I, I'm like, and they say, well, I'm kind of starting early. I'm like, no, you're not. Not anymore. It's crazy. That's what I hear. Yeah, but I see great results with it. I think they're really smart. So we do Botox. uh, We do dermal fillers. I believe that we can... There's something called Phi, and I've learned it from an amazing guy named Dr. Arthur Swift. And I really believe that beauty can be studied. Beauty has a mathematical basis. And once I learned that, beauty basically is... It's hard to define, but it basically evokes an emotion of joy. You know, you just know it when you see it. But from the Renaissance artists on, from the Greeks and the Romans on, and Da Vinci, Galileo, everyone was trying to, they've tried to figure out beauty and, and there is a mathematical basis. So that means I can use that to make people not a different version of themselves, but the best version of themselves and, and keep it natural. And I think that's the rap that aesthetics gets. So we do Botox, we do fillers, skin, you know, skin is a big issue because you could have no wrinkles and look the filler in the right place. But if your skin doesn't look good, it doesn't look good. So I know this is a podcast, but your skin is radiating as I'm looking at you. It's amazing. Thank you, sir. <laughs> anyway, so we do laser skin treatments, a lot of that. And we do cool sculpting for a body contouring because cool sculpting is not a weight loss. It's something where people get down close to their weight, but they just have areas that will just will not go away. And so Ashley is an amazing freeze queen. She just does incredible work. So uh, those are our services. Love that. And in my own opinion, if we're happy with ourselves and our bodies, I don't think anyone else needs to have an opinion on what we do with our bodies and you know what makes us happy. And it does frustrate me when I see haters or trolls and, you know, everyone has their own opinion. And if we're on this journey to, you know, have our own self-happiness, and if that's going to be going to get Botox or having a procedure done, if that's going to make me happier inside, that's going to make you happier inside. I am all about it. I support you. I praise you. And I'm very happy that we have, you know, educators as yourself and your team. You know, I know you guys from the second you sign up, to the follow-up appointments, you guys are educating and you are really involved with your clients. And and I respect that and I appreciate that. And again, because of how amazing you guys are, how well-known you are, how good you are, you are able to give back. So let's talk about my favorite part. What organizations have you teamed up with to give back to your community? Sure. Well, before I answer that, let me just say, I have four words for what you described, the trolls and the haters and everything. It's not about you. Yes. It is not about you. Thank you. 
Yes. And I tell that to all my patients, whether it's their significant other, their boss, to say, you're not doing this about, it's about you, the patient. It's not about them. I agree. So anyway, it's not about you, meaning to say that to them, but it is about you when we do it. So, yeah, no, listen, I'm not ashamed to say it was 40 long years of being in the red with Rejuvenate because it takes a while, but I was not going to give up. But even during those four years, we still did the um, give back things. We still, it's an important part of what we do. Our mission is very simple. I Over the years, I've changed our mission statement. It's down to three words. I don't know if I can get it down any shorter, but it's important for me to have a mission statement that everyone knows. If, if someone in my organization does not know our mission statement, there will not be in our organization anymore because it's part of our fabric. It's simple. It's, it's just to help others. Okay. And the, our mission doesn't end at our front door. It just doesn't. It doesn't start and end there. So we, we help others, whether it's, and, and by the way, you know, it goes to the bigger picture. We, we don't sell Botox and we don't sell fillers and we don't sell laser services. We don't even sell cool sculpting. We sell confidence, right? So that's what we sell. And that's what we do and that's what we provide and that's how we fulfill our mission to help others. And so another way we fulfill our mission is to give back to the community because it's part of what we do. We had a big end of summer party one year and we wanted to thank our patients for being with us. And so that was the basis of the end of summer party. And alongside, I really wanted to give back and we really wanted to support breast cancer. And I looked at the different organizations and there are some really great big ones, Susan B. Komen, G. Komen, whatever. And there's really, they're fine. But I was wanted to, I knew we couldn't raise, you know, a million dollars, but I wanted to make a bigger impact. And we found the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation. And I thought they did amazing work. One of my friends is a breast cancer surgeon. Clifford Deal is on the board. And I just got to know them. It's a small, small organization. And they were so great. And so we had... I reached out to, and again, this was my first foray into doing this, so I learned it, but I reached out to our event, uh, people we buy things from, and I said, hey, it's really important that we give back. Are you interested in helping us? We'll provide our services for free. We're going to throw the party for free. If you give us some of your products, we'll put it in a raffle basket, and all the money will go to Virginia's breast cancer. So that was a huge success. We raised thousands of dollars, and you know, it's a win-win because... If you don't understand why it's a win-win, you know, I can't explain it. You know, it's just, it was so wonderful. And then I wanted to continue that tradition. So at our next party, which was in the winter, I kind of looked around Richmond and there was a homeless shelter. There's only one homeless shelter at the time that would actually help women with kids. And now they, they will take a man with kids. But the point is that you can't go into a shelter with kids, but some people are on the home street homeless with kids. And so the SB Family Shelter, which is part of Home Again, we closed down, rejuvenated for a part, couple hours in the morning. I took my team down there. We toured it. We saw what was going on. And, you know, because part of this also is I have a relatively young staff, and I thought it was important that we see what's going on firsthand inside of a shelter, you know, and hear some of the stories. So it was very moving, and we were able to raise a ton of funds for them and also get items donated as well for a, at a winter party. And, and that was, that was just sensational. You know, the, the following summer, it was before COVID and we had another opportunity. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of Safe Harbor, but they're an oh, yeah. Yeah, amazing organization because again, I, I feel like part of what I want to do with these is part of it's raising money, but a bigger part of it is raising awareness and Safe Harbor. We've, you know, we've actually done twice because it's so important to me. 
because they support victims of domestic violence and victims of sex trafficking. And I believe that far beyond any money we've raised, and we've raised money for them, it's just the awareness that there's help out there because our, we have a largely millennial following. We have, And it's so important for women and men to know that they have to keep their guard up. And if they are in a situation that's bad, that there's help available 24-7, 365. We've put that on our messages. We talked about it. We've had the Safe Harbor people do part of our stories. And again, more than the money, which I'm glad we raised money for them, but I think we really help with awareness. Yeah. And that's anyone who's listened to my podcast knows that I always say it's not about just opening up your wallet. It's not about just writing that check. It's raising awareness. It's that visibility. And I know Safe Harbor, they, like you said, they work with women who have been victims of intimate partner violence and sexual violence, human trafficking. And they also do a lot of community outreach and education. And one of the stats I found on their website, actually, that they got from the RAINN website is one in three women and one in four men have been victims of physical violence by an intimate partner within their lifetime. And the other stat that they had posted was every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted and one out of 10 of those rape victims is a male. Yeah, no, no, it, it's shocking, isn't it? Isn't it shocking? It is shocking. So so not only raising that awareness, but that visibility, but just having us find unique ways and different ways to be able to give back. And your team gets together and you host an incredible event that I'm sure a lot of people want to come to and be involved in. And that's your way of giving back. You're educating your staff, you're educating all of your clients, and you're also getting involved with your community and your neighbors that need help. So I think what you guys are doing is so great. And, and you did bring up a good point because through COVID, a lot of businesses were hit and they were hit hard. So if you can't give back with the funds, give back by closing the shop down for maybe a morning and just going to that organization, seeing how you can help getting a tour. That's some great advice. Well, I, I got to tell you, I actually did a little video on this. It was when we shut down for COVID and then we were approaching the fall. I felt very, very uneasy. And I, I finally identified what it was, is that we hadn't done anything to give back in as far as the community. And I also just said that the COVID was not going to be the Grinch. That, you know, even though Grinch could take all the toys and the food, but he could not stop Christmas from coming. So COVID could keep all the people out of rejuvenate physically, but COVID was not going to stop the holiday party from coming. So I reached out to our vendors and I said, hey, I know we don't have people here. Will you donate? And you know what? We still got thousands of dollars for Safe Harbor at our Christmas party. We had a Christmas raffle. And even though we had nobody come into the lobby, people phoned in, we did it online, and we, we sold thousands of dollars of raffle tickets during a time when we didn't even have the party. I mean, it was crazy. I was holding my breath, worrying, you know, what if we have this raffle and nobody buys anything? There's nobody in the lobby. There's nobody coming through our doors. And people showed up. That's great. And that gives you the confidence going forward to know everything's going to be okay. We can have these events. People are going to show up. We have a lot of good hearts, especially in Richmond. It's a good community. So Dr. Green, I know you probably have patients lined up waiting to see you. You have given me so much time to learn more about your business and your give back. Your team are rock stars. You've built an incredible business. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Well, thank you for what you're doing. I think this podcast is truly, you're amplifying, you're amplifying what everyone else is doing. And that's a great service. So kudos to you for giving back. Thank you. I'm everyone's biggest cheerleader. If you need me, I'm here. <laughs> 
All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. When entrepreneurs find their true path, there's usually that decision to dive right in or to just walk away from the pool as a whole. Dr. Lonnie Green talked about taking that leap despite being in the red for years with his business. He knew he had a passion for health and wellness, and he turned that into a thriving business with a solid team around him. And the best part is they plan parties and raffles and tours of facilities so that they can better understand the issues that our community is facing. And then they become and remain focused on giving back and raising awareness. Thank you for listening to the Give Back Model podcast. To hear more episodes, head over to thegivebackmodel.com, where you can also find show notes and more information about each episode and what we discussed with the guests. Thank you so much for your support. If you are enjoying the Give Back Model podcast, please head over to your listening avenue of choice and either like, subscribe, follow, or leave a review. I appreciate all your support and continue to help give back to your community.